It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six is the time. It is a Wednesday, but it's going to feel like a Friday because tomorrow's a holiday. And many of you, not all of you, but many of you get two days off and then a couple of days after that. So completely screws you up, right? Most of you showing up to work today, much like yesterday, are just going to pretend to work. That includes your boss. I get it. So we're just going to treat today like a Friday. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This a lot is of Glenn, 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 Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. How is it that sometimes I forget that I recorded that second part? I'm the guy who did it. I came up with the idea. All right. So today there's going to be a lot of different things happening. The show is packed with a lot of very different things. And a lot of them have to do with the Thanksgiving holiday, including, remember, Rush Limbaugh used to give his annual holiday speech. And, of course, well, really what Thanksgiving is all about. But also, of course, at some point this morning, have to play WKRP's Thanksgiving special, which actually aired around October when they actually did this. But, yeah, turkeys away, the big turkey drop scene. That's become a tradition of my program here. All right, now, what I'm about to play, I might, if I can squeeze it in today, I'm going to play more than once. So we had over last weekend this horrible shooting in Colorado at a nightclub. And a nightclub is where the whole LGBTQ alphabet plus soup group hangs out. Right away, I said what I always say. Do not assume anything. If you jump to conclusions, you will be caught looking like a fool. Wait until we have more information. Now, of course, most of the left news media didn't do that. All of this is not an isolated incident. It is actually a pandemic. And those who are spreading it are the ones who are, you know, creating policies that vilify people because they want to go through a procedure around their sexual identity because they want to talk about who they love. This is what rhetoric brings. This words matter. Words matter. And people like Lauren Bobart, who, you know, mm-hmm. has been in the forefront of dissing LGBTQ plus people, is now saying her prayers and thoughts go with the families. Well, they don't really need your prayers and thoughts. They needed your votes. The far right wing conservatives sort of got over CRT or critical race theory. They needed a new boogeyman. And they left on LGBTQ 
community members, specifically trans people, their doctors, their caregivers. Since April, we've also seen a one-to-one correlation with um, violence, harassment, assaults, real-world violence in this community. Now, in recent months, drag events, particularly all-ages events like that, like brunches, story hours at public libraries, have become a point of obsession for right-wing forces seeking to demonize LGBTQ folks. Earlier this year, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis infamously signed into law what critics have called the Don't Say Gay Bill, which presents prevents some teachers from even discussing the existence of gay and trans folks. And again, to be clear, no one is responsible for this weekend's horrific attack but the shooter himself. But as one Colorado state legislator reminded my colleague Katie Turr, it happened within the context of this anti-LGBTQ hysteria. As election years, some conservative groups have ramped up anti-trans campaign ads. Far-right figures appear to be testing Twitter's boundaries for anti-LGBTQ speech. I think we have to have a come-to-Jesus moment here uh, as reporters. Are we more afraid of being on Breitbart for saying that trans people deserve to be alive? Or are we more afraid of the dead people? Because I'm more afraid of the dead people. Okay, so that's, that's what they've been saying. Just some of what they've been saying. But as I always say, don't don't jump to any kind of conclusions in the very beginning. Or you'll be made a fool of when the, in, the actual facts and information come out. One headline. Name change and political connections. Colorado's shooter story gets even weirder. Story here says years before he allegedly w- he walked into the Colorado nightclub, the bar, with that assault-style rifle, the man known as Anderson Lee and had a different name and a tumultuous past. Until age of 15, he was known as Nicholas Brink, San Antonio Public School Records Show. His parents separated when he was a toddler. Toddler, He was 12 years old. His mother was arrested for suspected arson, according to court documents. She was later found guilty of lesser offenses. At age 15, he became a target of a particularly vicious bout of online bullying, which, uh, of course, and this goes into the detail of the website's photos and all sorts of allegations. At some point, YouTube account was created under his name featuring a crude profanity-laden animation under the title Asian homosexual gets molested so he was posting stuff like that right there uh, for unstated reasons just before his 16th birthday the young man petitioned a Texas court with two of his grandparents names on the document to legally change his name to what he has now so despite his run-ins with the law, now remember, this is the guy who threatened to kill his mother with a homemade bomb. He had run, run-ins with the laws involving weapons, okay? And New York Post even noted he had, uh, well, various types of weapons have been found around him over the years. He's been in trouble with the law. Despite his run-in with the law 17 months later, he was in possession of at least one weapon, a long gun, which he allegedly used in the target of customers and employees inside of the nightclub. Okay, But this continues to go on. Um, then it goes into the story as to uh, who he killed. But now here's another story. Colorado gay nightclub shooter identifies as non-binary, uses they, them as pronouns. Okay. In a new court filing, public defender for the suspect in the mass shooting in Colorado that left five people dead say their client is a non-binary and they have to use they, them as pronouns. Their lawyers do, anyway. 
and he identifies as LGBTQ, etc., etc. And it goes on to how, well, he was a member of this nightclub community. So in other words, the place that he went in and shot up, he was not a stranger to that place. He was a customer there. He was someone who frequented the place. Does this sound like a conservative Republican to you? Does this sound like to you someone who was listening to the re- the rhetoric of conservative Republicans? I would say no, he doesn't at all. Sounds to me, this reminds me of, and I said this yesterday in the case, uh, in fact, Monday I said it. A few years ago in Orlando, there was a nightclub, same kind of nightclub, that was shot up by a guy who turns out frequented the nightclub. He would go there to pick up guys. But he always seemed to hate the fact that he was that way. And one day, out of self-loathing, he picked up some guns and went into the club and attacked the place. And immediately, just like you heard, many of the people on the far left started to blame right-wing conservatives for this. But again, this is a member of your own community. He identifies as one of your members of your own community. He votes with your own community when it comes time to vote. This is not your conservative Republican here. This is not someone who heard a bunch of conservative Republican rhetoric and went, yeah, and grabbed some guns and went to one of these clubs and shot it up. That's not what happened here. Now, another story I came across, when a liberal rethinks the good guy with a gun theory. This story starts off, recent mass shooting in Colorado nightclub tragedy and is also led to the usual rounds of public debate about gun control, which needs to be about mental health. One aspect of the story only emerged later, casts a bit of a different tone, being confirmed by multiple sources, that a lot more people are, would probably have died were it not for the actions of two heroic people who charged the gunman and took him down. And then, I'm looking at various stories here. Here's the the gist of what I have in front of me. There are a few in the far left community who are actually questioning the idea, what if there was a good guy or two with a gun in the nightclub and they were able to fight back? Could have ended this even a lot sooner. In fact, let's go back to Orlando, that shooting that happened a few years ago. After that nightclub shooting, a lot of members of that community went out and bought guns and, to their credit, went and took courses on how to properly and safely use them. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite episode? On Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Next one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday, but we're going to treat it like a Friday. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. So if you're just joining me, what I did was I just played a whole montage of the left-wing news media as soon as there was that shooting at the Colorado nightclub. Right away, well, you just hate the whole LGB alphabet soup community, and it's all the fault of you conservative Republicans and all of your rhetoric. And then as we find out more about the shooter, once again, we find out, well, actually, he was a member of, he went to that club, he frequented that club, a member of that community. And when you look at his rather disturbed past, you find out 
he's had a rough life, yeah. And he's got some serious issues and has been in trouble with the law before, has always been considered sort of a dangerous person uh, from the people around him, including his own mother who called the police on him about a year or so ago for threatening her with a homemade bomb and various other weapons. So, sorry, you can't blame the hardcore right wing for what happened at that club. They had nothing to do with it. This goes back to what I've, and I was thinking a lot about this this morning before I got on the air, is the number of times I've seen a story pop up and right away people jump to conclusions. First off, the number of people I find that read the headline and then assume they know what the story is about. Or they go through the story and they skim a few things and think they know what the story is about. And they jump to conclusions immediately without digging deeper into the story, waiting, be, this is the hard part, being patient to find out what the story is really all about. Now, it's not just the average citizen that does this. There's people in the news media who are supposed to know better. They're supposed to be trained to not jump to conclusions like this. Yet, especially with today's internet, it's bad enough before the internet came along. News organizations did this kind of stuff all the time. With the internet around, it's not just news organizations, it's individuals as well. I just, in fact, let me call this up real quick here to give you another idea when it comes to this kind of disinformation. One that I've been watching with interest, as many of you have, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, this is the story if America knew about this story, and they could have known because it was out there. Remember, Twitter blocked a New York newspaper from posting about this story, the Hunter Biden laptop story. They banned that news organization from Twitter for posting about this. You get the same kind of treatment if you try to post anything about climate change and so on. You get the idea. YouTube did the same thing. Many news organizations suppressed it and called it disinformation. ABC News. Was it ABC? Sorry, CBS News. Steps up finally. Finally, a couple of years later. And now they did a legit story on Hunter Biden's laptop and how not only is this really bad news for Hunter Biden, but this could lead all the way to the president and be seriously bad news for the president too. Well, it's about time they caught up. But how often, how long did we have to go through? You wanna talk disinformation here. The purveyors of disinformation are often the very same people who say that they are fighting disinformation. Here's the story. This is the New York Post. It was, in fact, the New York Post that was banned from Twitter, I believe, because they were posting about Hunter Biden's laptop, and Twitter banned them for doing so. Now, get a load of this headline. CBS mocked for Hunter Biden's laptop report two years after the Post broke the story. CBS News has been ridiculed on Twitter since admitting Monday that the comments of the Hunter Biden laptop, which the Post first revealed more than two years ago, are in fact authentic. Quote, two years ago, Donald Trump told CBS Leslie Stahl in a 60-minute story Hunter Biden's laptop was real 
and should be covered by the media. Stahl says it couldn't be verified. Two years later, CBS has finally verified it. Well, took them long enough to verify, but everybody else had the story. But if everybody else had the story, really, where was the story? Because that doesn't mean that everybody else covers it. You understand, of course, why I have trust issues and why a lot of you do. Lawmakers also ripped Stahl in the network for the infamous 60 Minutes moment. Representative Ronnie Jackson, Republican of Texas, tweeted, Remember when Leslie Stahl of CBS told President Trump the Hunter Biden laptop story couldn't be verified? Two years later, CBS has finally verified it. Mainstream media hacks are lazy and incompetent. President Trump was right. He writes on Twitter. Again, and why do so many of us have trust issues? Similarly, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, wrote, as in 2020 CBS, Leslie Stahl claimed Hunter Biden laptop can't be verified and his shady business dealings have been investigated and discredited. What changed? Well, the facts didn't. At the time the Post broke the story, most news outlets chose to ignore the contents, which links President Biden and his son and brother, Jim Biden, foreign influence peddling schemes and social media companies for censoring. Again, Twitter being one of them, YouTube being another, Facebook being another. Try posting something about that story. See what happens to you. Well, maybe now you can. Elon Musk has Twitter. Wonder what YouTube and Facebook will do. Do they still censor this? And yet, who are the purveyors of misinformation? They're the ones who claim to define what misinformation is yet. Washington Post, New York Times eventually verified the contents of the laptop. March of 2022 took them long enough. And a conservative journalist reacted to the CBS report on Twitter saying, a CBS investigation authenticates the Hunter Biden laptop story. Two years earlier, Joe Biden Democrats, intelligence operators, big tech media, and laptops contents were fake news. Now remember, they called it, they called that fake news at the time. And you were a tin-hatted conspiracy theorist for believing it. Yet, now those who are calling it fake news are finally admitting, well, now what would have happened in the election if all of the news outlets had given the coverage that this was really due way back when Biden was running for president? Brent Bozell, president of the Conservative Media Research Center, argued that CBS News should continue to follow the story. Now, let me put all that aside for a minute. There was some years ago, and I forget what year this was. Some years ago, there was a, a suggestion by some in Congress, Democrats really. Well, there's so much fake news out there that, you know, people who want to get into the news media should have to go through a certain course and they should be licensed by the government. Because we, we can't just have anybody just starting a news organization online. Who are they? And they're going to put out all sorts of fake news information out there. No, no, no. These people need to be vetted and verified and approved by governments and get licensed to be reporters. Okay, well, I, I tell you what. I'll agree with that. Let's go ahead and do that. We'll do that. 
And we're going to start by firing everybody at CBS. We're going to shut CBS News down as fake news. Then we're going to shut down MSNBC as fake news. We're just going to start working our way through. Oh, no, I'm not leaving Fox News out of this. They have problems, too. But the, and then, then we have to go after uh, Facebook and other social media outlets, YouTube who deny and suppress news. And it's not just what they tell you, it's what they refuse to let you see. So why is it that so many of us have trust issues? Coming up on 6.30, speaking of news, local news coming your way, update on your weather forecast, Wake Up Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Yeah, we get a little bit of snow today in the Wyoming area anyway. Part of your forecast, which is coming up in just a moment from now. And that's a Don Day has that. Oh, uh, both Frank Gambino and David Settler are out of town. So when it comes to sports, I'm going to do my sports fill-in, which I already have pre-recorded, ready to go. Some good stuff like I did last time for you there. Also, yeah, the WKRP turkey drop comes up later this morning. Oh, and Rush Limbaugh. Because we haven't heard from him in a while, God rest the man's soul, who did his yearly What Thanksgiving is really all about. What really happened to the pilgrims? Why we ended up with a feast on that day that we celebrate to this day. So all of that. Meantime, there's, well, those poor vegans out there trying to celebrate Thanksgiving. On today's special holiday episode of Raw Vegan Cooking, I'll be showing you how to prepare a raw vegan holiday turkey so you can enjoy your holiday meal just like normal people while still being better than them. Our turkey prep involves assembling our turkey out of mouth-watering raw vegan ingredients. If nature didn't screw up by making turkeys out of turkey meat, it would have wisely made turkeys out of tofu. It's a hormone-disrupting delight that embodies the word plain in exquisite detail. So we'll pick up the slack and improve on Mother Nature's stupid ways by using tofu to incarnate our turkey into this world. For the neck, we'll use a carrot. They're always effective cervical substitutes. We'll use a tomato as a substitute for the turkey head, and we'll use the inside of the tomato as a substitute for the brain. For the beak, we'll use the ace up the plant kingdom's anti-inflammatory sleeve, ginger, sliced. Turkey legs are everyone's favorite, but because tofu doesn't have legs, we'll substitute in broccoli drumsticks. Wooden skewers make excellent hip socket substitutes. We'll use kale for wings, just like normal turkeys will have once they evolve out of the filthy animal kingdom into the plant kingdom. Hashtag vegan. And an assortment of rosemary and dill picked fresh from my garden will make excellent feathers. Now we have our turkey. That just sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, I just, I prefer, well, a Thanksgiving dinner where you just sort of take a sharp stick and poke it in the eye of Peter. Mommy, why is Thanksgiving? 
Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Oh, because Thanksgiving is when America comes together to show what the American spirit is all about. All across the nation, people kill animals <laughs> and eat them, waving giant middle fingers at PETA. So, I I don't understand. I mean, what, what, is, what, what is... You see, real Americans don't like to be told what to do by a bunch of tofu-eating hippies. Yeah, but, but... So, we take a goose or a pig or a big bird like this turkey <laughs> yeah, but, and we... Stuff it full of stuffing like this. But, but, then we shove it in a hot oven like so. But, Mom, I mean, shouldn't you kill the bird dead before you did all that? Oh, honey. <laughs> Your father and I like our meat fresh. This special Thanksgiving holiday message was designed specifically to hack off the condescending long-haired tofu-eating hippies that try to make us meat-eaters feel guilty this time of year. We hope that you enjoy the organic cardboard that you're eating this holiday. In the meantime, we're cooking our fresh kill on coal. Makes us feel a whole lot better about that. Okay, so there are, the, you have to hear this every single Thanksgiving, every single holiday. There are those who try to make you feel guilty about it. I think you've learned by now. Ridicule them, that's fun. I love ridiculing. That's what I just did there. Or ignore them either way and do what you normally do. And forget what the polls have to say because the polls don't mean anything either. Majority of Americans think that whatever the case is because you know that oftentimes the polls that come out are as skewed as can be or just wrong. Well, Take a look at the polls in this last election cycle. How wrong were they about everything? And besides, do you really need to know what everybody else thinks in order to figure out what you're supposed to think? So when it comes to this holiday season, just do what you normally do. Get with friends, get with family, have yourself a good old time. And for those people who are determined to feel guilty and miserable... Well, that's their problem, and they have no business trying to transfer that on you. Let's see, Rianne from Fort Danger, is that J.P. Sears? I don't know what you mean. Oh, no, I do know what you mean. The first bit? Yes, the first bit was. The second bit was me. 642, wake up, wake up Wyoming. This weather update. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight. is the time for Wake Up Wyoming. So I'm left here alone today. Well, Miss Mary is here today. It's a turn I this is a building that's usually filled with employees, but we get to this time of year, of course, vacation time starts happening. And so for a while there this morning, for quite a while, I was by myself entirely, which I started thinking, you know, I could just throw off all my clothes and run around the station naked. And who would know? And even though I toyed with the idea for just a moment, the reason I didn't is because there are some people who can get away with anything. There are people who literally can get away with murder. With me, if I ever try to do something wrong, even think about it, I'm already caught. Never been able to do it. So I'm forced to be just this honest person just because I can't even get it. Even if I start thinking about it, someone's looking at me going, ah, 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 
Like what? Do I have an expression on my face that says I'm going to get naked and run around the station? I probably do. So that was a little tangent I went off onto there. But anyway, that's because I was just left alone at the station here. Then Miss Mary shows up to work. She's glad I'm walking around with my clothes on, I'm sure. But that's it. There's nobody else is going to show up today. The entire place is empty, which is good because anybody who did show up today to work, let's face it, no one's actually getting any work done. Frank Gambino, back in Chicago, visiting his family. Dave Settle, our sports guy in Laramie, who usually fills in, he got a deal to go cover UW basketball. A great deal to go travel and do it. All expenses paid. So he's doing that. That leaves just you and me. Sorry about that. So as I do every single time I'm left alone, I've just gathered a whole bunch of sports mashup things that I can go ahead and play for you guys because what do I know about sports? Now, I have given you fake sports reports in the past, and I'm happy to do that. I'll, I just make up sports. I make up players. I make up scores, and I go ahead and just feed you that stuff, which is, as far as I'm concerned, sounds just as good as what I hear from Frank and David because I have no idea what they're talking about. So why not just continue it with me not knowing what I'm talking about is the way I figured it. Or I can go find stuff like this. I don't know how to describe it to people that didn't see the Paralympics. It's sort of like the Paralympics. It's sort of like a children's book where all the broken toys have a picnic. <laughs> After closing out a successful first season, the WNBA is considering several changes to improve the level of play in the league next year. Among the proposals, extending the playoffs, increasing salaries, bringing back the three-point line, and replacing all the female players with guys. <laughs> okay, WNBA high scoring and enter. Oh, Google! Did you mean NBA high scoring? That's terrible. Come on now. All right, let's try a different one. WNBA triple double. And enter. Oh, Google. Look what Google said. Did you mean NBA triple double? Google, that is sexist. Any cricket fans in? Interesting fact about cricket. Cricket was invented at Rugby Public School when some boys were playing football and one of the boys forgot the ball and they're all standing in a field and nothing happened. Let's make it easier. WNBA double, double. Enter. Google! So... Even though the whole audience was laughing at what he was talking about, the only thing that I got was the WNBA. Are they, and they're still around, by the way. They're still playing basketball out there. Just is not all that interesting to watch. When they first started, when the WNBA first started, I thought, hey, look, if there's going to be a women's basketball league, it's, it's real simple. Put it out there and see if it works. And if people like it, they'll go watch it. It'll make money. Players are making money. Fans are having a good time. And let's just see if it survives on its own. If it doesn't, then let it fall away, which is, you know, 
being someone who is a true capitalist, that's what, it, honestly, this is how you can tell if something is good and has the public interest or not. If there's no public interest, it just kind of falls away and, and does nothing. Then again, we have minor league baseball. I look at WNBA as minor league basketball. I'm sorry, ladies, but, you know, we have minor league um, baseball. We have minor league football, minor league soccer. So I guess NBA, WNBA is minor league basketball, I guess. And we do have that one WNBA player who's in Russia in jail right now. She's supposed to be doing like a decade sentence. We'll see if we ever get her home. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. And right after news, an update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. It is Thanksgiving Eve. Phone lines open because we're treating this like a Friday. So triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. So I thought this was uh, something really well played by the Republicans yesterday. But here again, they have to make sure to get word out that they even did this. Because most news media outlets won't even cover it. Bunch of Republicans went to the southern border and they want someone to resign. You're head of the Department of Homeland Security, Mr. Mayorkas, gave him an ultimatum. Resign or face an impeachment inquiry. It was really... A great little uh, line of speeches they gave right there at the southern border where, remember, this is the guy that they had said, or they'd asked him during a hearing, is the border secure? And he laughed and said, well, of course it is. It's secure. Yeah, you get. Meantime, so these uh, Republicans went through the number of murders, the fentanyl coming across the border. In fact, one member of Congress, one Republican, pointed out that a little over 300 people a day in America die from fentanyl that's coming across the border. Now, if you think about it, that's like a um, an airplane crash a day. Well, a major airliner, not, not just your average you know flight across America, a major airliner crashing every single day. Now, if we had an airliner, a big airliner, like a Boeing 777, whatever, one crash a day, day after day after day, what kind of reaction would we get from the American people and from the world? 
Exactly, yeah. But we're not getting that same kind of reaction from what's coming across the border right now. And we were told the border is secure. And even when some states tried to take drastic action, what was it, Arizona? One of those states put up, they took a bunch of railroad boxcars and stacked them up to make a, a wall of some kind. And they were told, take that down. So here's a quote. Our country may never recover from Secretary Marcus' dereliction of duty. That is why I am calling on the secretary to resign, Kevin McCarthy said. If Secretary Mayorkas doesn't resign, House Republicans will investigate every order, every action, every failure, and we will determine whether we can begin an impeachment inquiry. The story says the stark warning is a significant change from the tone of McCarthy, who previously took impeachment uh, of Biden officials off the table until next year. Because Americans don't like impeachment used for political purposes, but the border crisis is a national security issue, not really a political issue. According to CNN, Mayorkas has no plans to resign, so this means McCarthy will have to go ahead and fight with some kind of an inquiry. Interesting, though, as I watched just what little I did see of these Republicans standing at the border, different Republicans from different states going through the problems that are caused in their home states, not just in border states, but across the country as well in their home states. One congressman pointed out that, hey, we have captured terrorists coming across our border. And those are the ones we caught. What about the ones that we didn't catch? And why is it the Biden administration does nothing to secure the border, even considering what's coming across, even with military? Again, this is laughed at. This is scoffed at by the Biden administration. People who want to secure the border are treated as if they're bigoted in some way. The idea is we're just supposed to allow the free flow of all of this across the border. And think of the danger that this has caused. I know there are some people that are just coming across the border because they live in really lousy countries and they want to go someplace that's not so lousy. And that I get. But I'm talking about the gangs, for example, that come across the border, the drugs that come across, terrorist activity that comes across the border. And yet we're told that the border is secure. And I scratch my head and wonder, Why is it that we have a Democrat party that really does not want to do anything about this? And anybody who tries to do something about this is ridiculed as if they're, again, racist, bigoted in some way. Okay, so I don't know that the Republicans, I think, honestly, while I want to see them go after Mayorkas for not doing anything about the border, for him laughing and saying, yeah, the border's secure, actually trying to sell that lie. I want to see them go after him, but I also understand if they don't go after him in a specific way, it's not going to mean anything. And you know what that means, it's not going to mean anything. Because the Republicans not only are not very good at this, this will be worse than the Democrats' January 6th hearings, which no one really cared about, no one really watched. So the Republicans will have all of these hearings and nothing will really come of it. And news media outlets will barely even touch it. Most news media outlets will barely even touch it. Those of you who do follow the hearings, 
will follow it because you're actually interested in it. But the majority of the American public will never know that the hearings have taken place. This is part of what I was talking about the first hour of the program. Uh, news media bias, as you know, is not just what they cover and how they cover it. It's what they refuse to cover. Like first hour of the program, for those just joining me, I was talking about the CBS News. Finally admitting Hunter Biden laptop story is legit two years after the election. Now they finally get to it. They should have called it legit a long time ago before the election happened. We would have had a completely different result if this was out. But no, they wait till two years after. It's not just what they cover. It's what they don't cover, what they refuse to cover, what they call fake news. That isn't fake news. So let's take a look at it. I would love to see this. Imagine, and there's a fantasy of mine that's never going to come true. Just imagine if news media outlets, all of them that have cameras, went to the border with their cameras and showed what was crossing the border and followed some of those people to see where they go and what they do reported the worst of the criminal behavior and criminal behavior spans i mean all sorts of behavior and i I understand there's a lot of people who are just folks from down south of the border and other countries around the world who are just trying to get away from a real bad situation but there's a lot of them who are not there's a reason that we secure our border there are good reasons to do so so let imagine what the opinion of the American public would be if news outlets actually covered it. Let's go ahead and follow some people who cross the border and find out where they go and what they do, especially if they're bringing in crime, drugs into our country, disease. Remember now, you were being told to stay at home, wear a mask, get vaccinated, and so on. But they just left our southern border open, and anybody could just cause a cross, and they didn't have to do any of that. I would love to see that kind of coverage. It would be honest coverage, but not with our current news outlets. They're not going to do it. 715, wake up, Wyoming. Not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I, I want to go back for a minute because I'm actually really pleased with the ladies there in Cody, Wyoming. If you're just coming in late, the story is, so there's a guy in Cody, Wyoming, who has been driving up to these coffee kiosk shops that you see in parking lots, right? A couple of them in particular, and there's some attractive young ladies working there, and he will drive up, and while he's waiting for his coffee, he'll expose himself. Now, right away, massive loser right there. Because the women are not going, ew, they're going, ew, you know, right away. How much of a loser do you have to be to do this, right? The ladies are paying attention to who that is. They recognize the car. They recognize him. So after having this happen several times, one of the ladies was ready with a hot cup of water, about 170 degrees And so as he pulled up and exposed himself, she just threw that right where it counts. Oh, I just would love to have heard the screams 
And that's where I want to know. Did he have to go to the hospital? Was he burned down there? Did they wrap it in a bandage? What's going on here? Inquiring minds want to know these kinds of things, right? I just want to know that the guy got what he deserved in this. Obviously, he did, I mean, but I want, you know, like burns and so on. But I still go through, first off, to the ladies. Great thinking on that part. He has now been arrested. It's obviously him. He's got the burns to prove it. Way to go, ladies. Great thinking there. Now, as to the guy, though, again, what kind of a loser do you have to be? Rather than finding yourself a lady who is asking to see you naked, you are surprising women with your nakedity there. Yeah, I say, unwelcome, unwanted. And again, they're not excited. Oh, here he comes again. Oh, gosh, I can't wait to see. That's not what's happening. Oh, God, here he comes again. Oh, God. See? So if he thought he was a loser before with women, he must really think he's a loser now. Now, here's what happens, though. See, he gets convicted of this. He winds up in jail. Now, you know, they always have to ask, what are you in for? And he's going to have to explain what he's in for. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the prison system inside. I mean, I have never been to, so I don't know. But I do know that when if he admits to the, well, I was arrested because, or if they find out in any way, he's not going to be treated really well at all. And then you know what happens next. Dare I go there? Yes, let's go there. What happens next is there's going to be a bunch of men in the prison who are going to show him their junk without this guy asking. And he's going to be doing the same thing. Why are you showing me that? Well, why do you think? Right. So this guy's life just goes from bad to worse simply because he... I know how you want to classify this problem. Let's go ask some kind of professional as to how this problem is classified and where it stems from. I don't know, but there's always been weirdos like this out there. But let me go back to the ladies at the coffee shop. Ladies, way to go. Well played. Just go ahead and boil up. Well, they work in a coffee shop. They have coffees. They have teas. They have all sorts of things ready to go. And just, you know this is coming. You know he's going to be back. He's already done this several times, and police haven't been able to catch him, so you know he's coming back. Fine. We'll be waiting for him. And he comes back, and they are ready with that hot cup of water. And I mean bullseye right where it counts. Now, the question has to be, and I wonder often about when it comes to guys like this, you, you can ask yourself, do you think he's learned his lesson? Sometimes I think with guys like this, there's no way to teach them a lesson. Whatever's wrong with them is wrong enough that you can never retrain their brain out of it. Again, I'm not an expert but I often think so because later on in life, a lot of these guys end up getting caught again. But I guarantee you this. When he finally gets out of jail, he's never going to pull up to another coffee kiosk and do that again. Oh, he'll get caught for something else probably. He'll find some new way of doing it that he thinks is better. 
But women in coffee shops, coffee kiosks around Wyoming, especially Cody, are safe from now on because any weirdo out there has now heard this story. You ladies are as safe as can be. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite? But never boring. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. 745 is the time to wake up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, uh, an early happy Thanksgiving to you, Don. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Yeah, so I, I would been watching all morning long and waiting on your forecast here. To, let's talk about travel weather, which starts off nice, right? Yeah, there's really not going to be much going on in parts of Wyoming. So, for Casper, for Laramie and Cheyenne, most of the weather with this front is going to be arriving afternoon, uh, early to mid-afternoon, first in the Casper area, and really not till late afternoon and evening for Laramie and Cheyenne. Right now, though, we do have some snow out around Jackson, the Togety Pass, the South Pass, Teton Pass area is starting to get some snow now. It'll take a while for that front to get over the divide and into here, but once it does, Falling temperatures, snow showers, and a pretty good gusty wind pattern will develop as well. Is that enough wind that they're going to put up those high wind warnings on some of our roads? Well, I-25 right now is under a high wind warning from Wheatland through that Chugwater-Bordeaux area. Uh, right. That's an area that will experience some high winds today just ahead of the front. Now, once the front goes by, winds will start to drop. But just ahead of the front, just before it hits, is when it will be the most wind. Okay, and we're talking just enough snow to make it slick out there. That's right. And yeah. this is going to be really true. I-25 Sheridan, I mean, uh, Buffalo to Casper, I-90 Sheridan, Buffalo to Gillette, then Casper through Douglas, through Wheatland, and then that I-80 stretch between Cheyenne, Laramie, Laramie, and Rollins. Those are the areas where I see the, the biggest travel problems. Okay. Now, what's uh, let's talk air travel real quick because i've been watching nat past couple of days thinking some big front something going to come up doesn't seem like any weather delays anyway well if if we're looking at snow delays probably not but there is going to be uh quite a bit of rain and thunderstorm activity over central and eastern texas through the gulf coast and then rain spreading up into the midwest and northeast so there's going to be weather but it's not going to be icy, wintry weather conditions okay. that usually cause the biggest problems. But if you're going to get routed through Dallas, Houston, um, th there's going to be some rain and thunderstorms there in the southeast. So, so there may be some airport delays, but not because of winter weather. Okay. All right. So just watch out for those southern delays, in other words. So now, we temp temperatures Thanksgiving Day. Just stay inside, sounds like to me, because it's cold. Chilly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why why go outside when there's you got you know got the parade in the morning, you got yeah. football, then you have the meal. Now I tell you no why. No, no, I'll tell you why I go outside every so often while the meal is being cooked. You step outside, get some fresh air, then come back in so you can get a fresh smell of everything because you lose <laughs> you it after a while. So you got to step out and come back in, right? So there's an important. All right, then we get into the weekend. Then now I keep hearing you hinting about something that might pass over the weekend. Over the weekend, there's another front. It's mainly going to affect northern Wyoming and the mountains with snow showers. So Wyoming's high country, Saturday night, Sunday, could see snow showers. Up north, the Sheridan area, the Montana border area, could see some snow showers. Not looking at much. We are expecting a bigger system. Another pretty big chunk of Canadian air is going to come in around the Monday through Wednesday time frame of next week. That is probably going to bring a pretty good chance of accumulating snow as well. So perhaps the bigger weather is going to be right after the weekend. All right. Again, enjoy your Thanksgiving. 
You too. All right. Coming up on uh, sports usually at this time, right? Yeah, and this, I just stopped myself right there. Normally, I reach over and I push all sorts of buttons to switch me over to the sports studios, but uh, nothing right now. Because Frank Gambino is out on vacation, and David Settle, who joined me yesterday for sports, he's out too. He's gone to cover some ladies' UW basketball. They flew him out to California, all expenses paid. So that leaves just me sitting here. And you know, I don't know squat or bumpkiss, if you will, about sports. So fine, I just find whatever I can. Sports are very big in this country. I'm a sports fan. That's fine, thank you. Yes, I know a lot of people feel positive about sports. As I say, I'm, I'm not a fanatic about sports, but I'm not a casual observer either. I uh, was watching ESPN today, for which I'm thankful, by the way, all sorts of strange things they show on ESPN. Today they had some swimming that was interesting, the women's 200-meter breaststroke. Well, I'd never have seen a woman with 200-meter breasts. So I was really interested. But I'll tell you this, I'm enough of a sports fan that I suggest, I have some rules changes I would like to suggest. I think there are some changes we could make in certain sports that would make them more exciting, you know? Like in football, I would let all 45 guys play at the same time. <laughs> you know, what's they standing around watching the game? Get in there, put a helmet on and hurt somebody, for Christ's sake, so yeah. You're not getting paid to watch, and never mind lining up, just grab the ball and run like a... You know? <laughs> Another thing I would do in football, I would leave the injured on the field. <laughs> Well, they're always talking about how it's a big war going on out there. Fine, let the Red Cross come around and pick these up. Here's how I'd change basketball. You could make basketball a lot quicker. You know what you do? You have a two-second shot clock. As soon as that ball is inbounds, get that bitch up in the air. I didn't come to watch a game of catch. I'm looking for a four or five hundred point ball game. I'm a fan. I want six overtimes and a thousand points on the board. Another thing I would do for basketball at the center court line, for 10 feet on either side of the center court line, I would have a gasoline fire. You talk about the fast break, you'd see the really fast break. Here's another suggestion for basketball. I would allow 25 points for any ball that goes in the basket off another guy's head. You'd see some good fights during those close games, I'll tell you. There's one thing I really do agree with him on this one is the idea of... Well, leaving the injured on the field, just where they are. And I know a lot of you, that's a horrifying idea. But no, I would just leave the injured on the field where they are. I think it makes for a much more interesting game. Who remembers playing sports when they were a kid? Like T-ball, soccer, round of applause if you guys remember this, huh? Here's the thing. Now that I have kids in the sports and doing this stuff, I've noticed something. Sports, they change for kids. Yeah, we kept score. Uh, <laughs> Which is completely unheard of now, right? Because you don't want to hurt the kids' feelings if they lose. Right? Because everyone's a winner. Right, guys? That's real life, isn't it? No. I've been to Walmart. We're not all winners out there, guys. All right? We're not all winners. All I'm saying is we need to teach our kids what it feels like to lose so they know what it feels like to win and work for it. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. We get after a little bit. But I'm not going to get on a whole pedestal about this issue because we got bigger problems with kids' sports. The treats. You guys remember the treat parent at the end of the game? Yeah. The treats. In the 80s, we got awesome treats, man. We got like Mountain Dew or Surge. You guys remember Surge? 
Yeah, it wasn't surgery, it was jolt cola five times the caffeine, right? You get that stuff, your kid would be like, Whoa! Mow the lawn, drive the car, clean it. You got some sort of cupcake with it. Nothing healthy. It was great. Those were the treats. But you can't get away with treats like that now, can you? Something magically in the last few years called gluten came out. Ruined everything. <laughs> gluten issues? Are you kidding me? We didn't have gluten issues in the 80s. We just dealt with the diarrhea. You know what I mean? We just dealt with it. Got a little tummy ache or scrape on your knee, your daddy or grandpa back, rub some dirt in it, eat the dirt. You guys remember the dirt mentality? Yeah, those were good times. Dirt fixed everything in the 80s. Maybe sitting there with a broken leg, just dangling there, right? Just dangling. Your grandpa would be coming to say, put some dirt in it and walk it off. That's how it works. Yeah. But you can't even say the dirt thing anymore because it'd have to be organic dirt. This is the kind of stuff you hear when the sports team is out for the holidays and you just got me all right coming up on the eight o'clock hour now i got several interesting things in the eight o'clock hour including your phone calls also an author janelle malloy will be with us she's of the uh kelly uh let's see the kelly larimer train one of the many murders on the oregon trail that ought to be an interesting discussion with her because i didn't know about well this particular murder on the oregon we'll discuss it coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, about 8.20. And, and then after that, we'll back to open phones again. Triple eight ninety seven. Woods, wake up, Wyoming. Romance. Morning. Coffee. Sarcasm. Weirdness. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. It was over fast. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. A mass shooting at a Chesapeake, Virginia Walmart. Our 911 dispatch center received the first call at 10:12 p.m. last night. And officers got there quickly and entered the store approximately two minutes later at 10:16. By then, the shooter had already killed himself after murdering six others and injuring four. Now hospitalized. Police Chief Mark Seleski says while he can't identify the gunman yet, he did confirm that he was an employee at the store and that he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The Chesapeake Police. SWAT team executed a search warrant at the suspect's residence, and with the help of the Virginia State Police, we cleared the house. No motive has been released. A store employee told ABC's Good Morning America that workers were in the break room when she says her manager opened the door and without a word, opened fire. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, President Biden calls it yet another horrific and senseless act of violence, calling again for stricter gun laws. Virginia's Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin says... It's a horrendous, senseless act of violence. And today we have to come around families and support them. The accused gunman in a Saturday night Colorado Springs shooting is due to appear in court via video today. Five people were killed, Anthony among the 19 injured. For me personally, I will be uncomfortable going anywhere for a long time. Republicans have added to their slim House majority in the next Congress. Kevin Kiley's victory in California is the 220th for the GOP, with three races still undecided. Kevin McCarthy hopes to be the next House Speaker. He went to El Paso, Texas, blaming Biden border policies for a record surge of migrants coming here illegally. He's calling on Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to resign. We'll look at every order, we'll look at every means of what he has done. He has lied to the American public. This investigation could lead to an impeachment inquiry. Republicans could also end a current House Trump investigation. The Supreme Court's allowed Democrats to review the former president's taxes. America's listening to Fox News.
Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-838-1441. That's 800-838-1441. Dell Technologies Black Friday event has arrived with select deals on top tech to power business productivity. The savings start now with up to 50% off select performance business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Call. Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. Get a kickstart to your day with Wild Pony Coffee Company. An Atchurna County Circuit Court judge on Tuesday bound over for trial a Casper man who allegedly covered for another man who was the object of an armed standoff last week. But not until after Billy Martin's public defender poked a couple of holes in the testimony of the prosecution's witness during the preliminary hearing. Martin, 32, is charged with one count of possession of a controlled substance for a third time, and conviction of that would be a felony punishable by up to five years imprisonment. He's also charged with one count of being an accessory after the fact, who, with intent to hinder, delay, or prevent discovery, detection, apprehension, prosecution, detention, conviction, or punishment of another for the commission of a crime, according to the criminal information document. During the preliminary hearing, Assistant District Attorney Blaine Nelson called Casper Police Attorney Andrea Husted to testify about her investigation of Martin and his eventual arrest. Much of that information was contained in the affidavit supporting the charging documents. To read the full story, visit k2radio.com. The Economic Analysis Division released findings from data collected with the help of the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Wyoming Department of Revenue, and the Casper Board of Realtors. They looked at four economic indicators, the monthly unemployment rate, the monthly total non-farm employment, the monthly sales and use tax collections, and the monthly median home sale price. The unemployment rate for Natrona County in September was 3.7% lower than last year's rate of 4.7%, but higher than the statewide September 20. 22 rate of 3.1 percent. By September, Natrona County recovered about 62 percent of the 3,900 jobs lost during the worst parts of the pandemic. The total number of non-farm payroll jobs in September was 37,800 higher than the September number by 500. Natrona County's collection of the 4 percent sales and use tax was $8.8 million in September, 1.7 million more than last year. Natrona County's median home sales price was 261,250 in September, which was 4.5 percent higher than September of last year. This is the 16th month out of the past 17 that median home sales prices have increased year over year, reflecting the strong housing market in Natrona County. Reporting from Casper, this is Colby Fedor. Casper residents and businesses came out in a big way at Ridley's on Friday for the annual Birds and Bucks Food and Funds Drive. The 25th annual Birds and Bucks Thanksgiving Food and Funds Drive brought in enough food and funds to provide seven days of food for 900 local children. From K2 Radio News, I'm Nick Perkins. 
Looking to break into a medical management role? Apply now for the Health Services Administration Program through UW at Casper at uwyo.edu backslash BASA. A Pacific cold front's going to roll through today, becoming mostly cloudy with scattered snow showers likely this afternoon. Highs in the low to mid-30s and falling and windy. Chance of snow showers tonight, lows in the mid to upper teens. Mostly sunny to partly sunny on Thanksgiving Day. Colder highs, low 30s. Could see one up to three inches of new snow by late tonight. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Wednesday, but we're thinking of it as a Friday because you already have tomorrow off. Most people do. Some people do have to work Black Friday, but hey, some people have to work weekends anyway. And so Friday will be considered part of your weekend. For most of you who have the day off, unless you're with relatives that entire time, in which case you're probably in hell. I hope I explained that. It's called Thanksgiving. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. A little bit later on this morning, just that was in this hour, I have an author on. Fire Pit Paul, are you still watching? It's a bit of a history for you about some settlers, about people trying to just move across the west through Wyoming and met a very untimely end. That author comes up just a little bit later on this hour. Meantime... Breaking news as we go live to a Turkey Lives Matter protest. Comes as no surprise before Thanksgiving, and many of the birds' chants included eat more beef and pork is good for you. We'll definitely keep you in the loop as this matter evolves. Stay tuned for more info. And I was asked by Fire Pit Paul, hey, you going to play the WKRP thing? Well, duh. In fact, I play both parts of it, Paul. I'll do that later. This I'll do it in the second half hour of this hour here. I play both parts. The first part is when Les Nesman is on site and the turkey drop happens. The next part, which is just as funny, is when Les arrives back at the radio station and is asked to explain, well, what happened next? That is coming your way uh, just after the news and weather, bottom of the hour, about 8.36. It's a yearly tradition to play that on the air. Also coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, remember Rush Limbaugh used to always give his the real meaning of Thanksgiving. What really happened? The actual story of the pilgrims. He's not around to do that anymore, so I will play that for you next hour of the program, because I think that ought to be a radio tradition as well. Now, just um, a lot of what I'm doing is complete non-sequitur stuff. I'm not connecting a lot of dots today. I'm sorry to do this to you. I know this is going to cause you to scream something out loud. Let's get it over with. So Vice President Camilla Harris... <clears throat> sorry, you good? All right. Remember, there used to be on Saturday Night Live, 
Deep Thoughts with John Handy or whatever his name was. And he would have these really bizarre things that he would think about, questions he would ask and so on. You're a vice president representing the United States of America, meaning representing you. She was in the Philippines. And she was speaking extemporaneously. At this point, people in the Philippines, which used they used to be really impressed with us. People in the Philippines, when they first saw Americans arrive with all of our technology, went, wow, holy cow, because we were so far advanced, almost like an alien race from another planet. Not anymore. Now our vice president or even our president shows up and speaks, and they're thinking, what a bunch of idiots Americans have become. So she took a question from the audience, Camilla Harris did. Asked what her advice is for emerging leaders on how to sustain motivation and passion. Life is like a relay race, the vice president quipped. Here's basically what she said. Now, I'm going to try to read this and understand I'm going to have a hard time doing it. Because she was just sort of saying whatever thoughts came to her head. So I'm entering into dangerous territory. I am a trained broadcast professional. I know how to read this and when to quit before I get a brain tumor. Understand? Okay. She said, and the way I think about it is, you know, like relay racing, you know. You race and someone passes the baton and then, right? So that's what life is. It's basically a relay race. And so the people who are heroes, whichever gender they are, they ran their part of the race, and then they pass us a baton. And the question is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton? Which means there's no time to get tired. Come on, right? You've... You're going to pass that baton at some point, but right now you're carrying it. And the question is, what are you going to do with it? Okay, so this is what um, she had to say in front of all these people who were standing there, uh, scratching their heads, wondering what exactly she was trying to say. Well, okay. To me, it sounded kind of like... So, so with all that uh, hang, uh, hanging in the balance, you know, and civil unrest and civil war, you know, 5G radiation melting our brains and stuff. Uh, what, okay, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, well, none of us really have any control over any of that stuff. I mean, we, we might have some control over it, but... You know, in general, if that's if that's going to happen, it actually sounds like a, quite uh, an adventure and something to look forward to, and, uh, and just you know, if uh, the whole collapse of society happens, that actually would be kind of beneficial because my credit score could use a, a reset. Okay, so could so could almost everybody else's. Now, I I really have a, a serious question for the American people out there. The hell is wrong with us? You know, th these are the kinds of people we keep elected. I know some of you are saying, I didn't vote for it. No, I get that. But as a whole, America has been electing this stuff here. And and not just, I'm not just picking on Democrats. There are some 
Republicans I could introduce you to that, whoo, wow, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, really bad. And and yet we just keep electing this kind of stuff. So I really wonder how, why, I mean, you think about it, someone like uh, googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez, how the hell does she wind up where she is and they just reelected her? I mean, she won easily in her home district, which means that she actually represents the kind of people who are in her district. They're pleased with her. They want more of it. Yeah. Makes you kind of wonder what has happened to America. Like we've always had problems with our politicians. We've always had problems with our politicians. Always. But at this point, we have television and social media and so on. We can see these people for who they really are. And despite that, we keep electing them. 815, wake up Wyoming. Here's your morning. Before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight nineteen. It's time. Wake up, Wyoming. So, there's all sorts of stories out west that have been told again and again, but there's many other stories about out west that you haven't heard of, which should be told, or if they are told, they're not told often enough. This is one that I haven't heard of before, and I kind of scratch my head and wonder. Why not? This is a big enough deal. On the phone with me is Jill Maloney. She's a author and also, I, I think you also dabble in journalism too, don't you? That's right, Glenn. I am a local newspaper journalist here in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So this is a wagon train. Now, when I say wagon train, for those people with me here in Wyoming, I'm uh, in an area where the Oregon Trail and also the Mormon Trail and other trails like that went right through this area. And so there's a lot of stories about those wagon trains as they went through. The ones who made it and all of the people for various reasons who did not make it. These are some people who I think when I take a look at what you've written in this story, it was kind of back and forth. They were wondering whether we're going to make it or not. <laughs> yeah. So the Kelly and Larimer family came through in 1864. They're coming from Kansas and really trying to get away from all things Civil War. And they come through the Black Hills of Idaho as the Laramie Mountain Range and the, the Medicine Bow Forest was known at the time because it was dark and shadowy and gloomy and all that. So they come through expecting nothing, nothing is going on. And then suddenly on July 12th, they are surrounded by up to 300 Northern Plains Indians dressed in full war regalia. Okay. And they want to be dinner guests. Okay, you know, you don't say no to that. You you kind of say, sure, whatever you want. And that sounds like it's right out of some old Western movie, too, to be surrounded like that and they're all in full dress and so on. So if they show up and surround them like that and say they want to be dinner guests, was it a smiling invitation or, no, we're coming to dinner? You know, I can imagine even if they smiled, the answer would just, 
be absolutely yes, you yeah, can do whatever you want. There is no saying no to 300 people dressed for uh, war. No, not at all. Well, maybe they just dressed up for the evening. I mean, we don't know. What, what are they dressed like back there? So, okay, this is where they're worried, but now there's a part of the story where they it looks like maybe they have nothing to be worried about. So they take them somewhere, right? Right. So one of the things that I'm breaking down in the story is that in the the narratives that have been written about these two families, uh, Fanny Kelly is one memoirist and Sarah Larimer is another, is that they say, oh, we were massacred. And so they're using this very strong triggering word. But then also they have all these um, little quips and such between the two of them of Fanny Kelly started it. No, Sarah Larimer started it. And they get into this little cat fight in their own versions of what happened. So it depends on whose version of the story you read. Um, so I'm breaking that down and also allowing readers to see that they're not the only people on the trail. Actually, 1864 was one of the most flooded trail seasons of all trail time, if okay. we can go there. So they are swarming with Northern Plains Indians, and um, both diarists are competing for whose drama is bigger and whatnot. But what I really want people to know about this story is that they're not the only ones. There's actually other families that are being swept up in this tornado. And um, I want to share a little bit about that, pulling on that string of what you can find when you take a look back at Wyoming's history. Well, and it really does have a lot to do with uh, an idea of, of which end of it you're looking at from which perspective. To give you an idea, up the road from here, there was the Fetterman Massacre. Now, we call it the Fetterman mm-hmm. Massacre. But when you take a look at it from the Indian point of view, well, we had written a treaty and we weren't supposed to be where we were. And so they were pushing our troops out. So it wasn't a massacre. It was, hey, get back on your side like you promised. And they didn't see it as a massacre at all. And plus a lot of their own uh, they, multiple tribes took uh, part in that. And a, a lot of their own people died in those tribes. So they don't look at it as a massacre. They look at it as one particular battle. It really is interesting to hear whose side of the story mm-hmm. you're going to get. With you. But now here's the thing. Yeah, though. But the native side, they don't have a written history. So where do you get that side from? There are several historians that propose a history or a narrative for them. And they all have some degree of plausibility. Uh, one right okay. now that I've recently looked at is they, before they attack on the Kellys and Larimers, they end up murdering several of the family members. Um, but before they do that, there is word being received from another incident where the military oppresses and kills um, Plains Indians in another state. So one theory is that Someone on a horse ran up to them and said, hey, they just killed some of our people. And in response, they're like, well, we're going to take this family out. That's one theory. It's not the most plausible. And there's others I'd love to share. Where do you do the research for this? Because there's no way you can do it in one spot. You're not going to walk into one library or go to one website to get the story. Oh, my goodness. No way. And the stories that you do find, like if you Googled the Kelly Larimer massacre or the Kelly Larimer incident, you're going to see a certain uh, capsulated version of the story online. But I'm not so concerned with that. There's 
who is it? Thomas Sowell said, "Evidence, or I'm sorry, repetition cannot be a substitute for evidence. Mm. So I've gone to, I have a stack of 50 first-person diaries uh, or reminiscences from this time, and I'm overlaying their testimony so we can hear exactly what was seen and heard and said and done from the people who were there, the experts, because I'm not an expert on this. Trail historians today are not trail experts on this. The actual witnesses are. So it's kind of like a crime scene, and, and I'm working at it like, you know, an investigator, but I'm going to the sources, those diaries, those reminiscences, where people are saying their truth. Uh, by the way, major points for quoting Thomas Sowell. Uh, that's... Uh... In my book, you just went up like 20 points right there. Now, besides, well, first of all, what's the name of this book? Where do people get it? No problem. Well, I'm working on a book right now. It's called Emigrant Tales from the Platte River Race. And it's not done yet because it's really important for me that I track down the descendants of those who were involved in this incident. And I give them a chance to see what's written about their family because I want them to have the way in. Some of the stories that are told, including that the perception of Sarah Larimer, they're not awesome. She's not the hero. In fact, she's one of the people that sets all of this into motion. And so there are some times where the facts that I have don't agree with how a person wants to remember their ancestor. So we have those talks and we work through it and I get their approval and blessing before we move on. And that's a very timely um, process. So we're looking at 2023 for the book release. Okay, 2023 for the book release. Got to make sure to have you back. Make sure you keep Miss Mary's number and let's get you back on from when that's released. Meantime, you've done other work and I'd like to know where people can follow what you're doing because you're always working on something. You've got a long trail of publications. Absolutely. So I've been digging into this particular subject for about four and a half years. And it all started with digging into my own ancestor, Sarah Rousseau. She came from Iowa through Wyoming down to California, uh, totally um, handicapped in a wheelchair. And her wagon train master was Wyatt Earp's father, Nicholas Earp. Now, they're there at the same time. So on July 12th, when the Kellys and Lammers are attacked on the south side of the river, my family is attacked oh. on the north side, north of, the side river, of the river. But okay. they <laughs> No, they don't die. They've got all the young guns with them. Uh, sadly, the Northern Plains Indians die in that situation. So there's, you know, again, yeah. perspective. Okay, there's I would recommend that people go to Janelle Maloney. I'm sorry to do this. Think of Baloney, but Maloney with an M, right? Janelle Maloney. No, no it's spelled like Colony. That's a better way. <laughs> That's a better way. You're right. Colony's a much better way. Janelle, M-O-L-O-N-Y, dot com. That's her website. And again, there's a whole list of books and poems and other things that are worth looking at. Thanks for coming on this morning. I'd love an update when this work is done. Oh, that sounds great, Glenn. Thanks Uh, for having me. Sure, no problem. Coming up to news time. Weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods, did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
836 at times, wake up Wyoming. This is a tradition on this program, has been for decades. All because of the television show WKRP in Cincinnati, which, by the way, you know what I'm about to play here. Yeah. Turkey's Away was a television episode that they had that became a massive hit for them. In fact, a cult classic on television. Now, did you know that was actually based on a real event? The gentleman who created WKRP in Cincinnati worked in radio and television himself. And one day at an Atlanta station that he worked at, his boss told me I was once fired for dropping turkeys on Thanksgiving from a helicopter. And he looked at his boss and said, you just won me an Emmy. And he wrote that into a story that became an episode on WKRP. It was only their seventh episode of the television show. What I liked at the time was when you look at what radio was at the time, they nailed it. What the studio was like, what the on-air personalities were like. Oh, I've known in my lifetime people who are like Johnny Fever and other personalities like that. What the program director was like, what the manager, what the sales, Herb, the salesperson, oh, the news guy. Oh, they named, they nailed everybody. One thing I liked about WKRP is when I watched the program, I thought, I have worked with every one of these people. I honestly have. So the episode Turkeys Away was only their seventh episode. It actually aired in October, not around Thanksgiving. They aired it kind of early. And it was so funny, it has become a cult classic. Among a television show, that was a cult classic. Now, I've split this into two parts because there's more than just one part to Turkeys Away. The first part, the actor who plays Les Nessman actually went and watched the broadcast go by you can watch it on youtube if you've never seen it when the hindenburg that giant blimp blew up the reporter was all the humanity the humanity saying things like that and that's who the gentleman who plays les nesman he watched that several times to get an idea of how to do this moment at the grocery store where the turkeys are dropped. But that's only part one of this. I have part two after that. All right, fellow babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big WKRP turkey giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nessman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WKRP hey, turkey Thanksgiving giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What? You're blocking my store here, buddy. Don't you know who I am? Huh? I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye Newshawk Award last year. Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. Creep. So far, so good, huh? I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is... The, the crowd is, uh... Curious, but well-behaved. And I think I hear something now. Uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And, oh yes, I can see it now. It's a, it, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. A helicopter? It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner. And it says, uh, Happy 
circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. Second, third. So no parachutes yet. Those can't be skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, they're talking! each other? Oh my goodness! Oh, the humanity! People are running about. Uh, the turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. I think I'm going to step inside. I can't stay out here and watch this any longer. No, I can't go in there. Are you there? Les isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Les. Those of you who just tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. So, if you thought that was good enough, then there's part two to this, because everybody plays that as part one. Now, hang on, there's a part two. Les comes back to the station with the boss who was in the helicopter and they're not looking good they look like they've been beat up now at this point the program director walks over less what happened so the question is what happened next and less explains Les, are you okay i don't know a man and his two children tried to kill me after the turkeys hit the pavement the crowd kind of scattered, but some of them tried to attack me. I had to jam myself into a phone booth. Then Mr. Carlson had the helicopter land in the middle of the parking lot. I guess he thought he could save the day by turning the rest of the turkeys loose. Gets pretty strange after that. No, yeah, right. no, Les, come on now, tell us the rest. I really don't know how to describe it. It's like the turkeys mounted a counterattack. It was almost as if they were organized. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. So the answer to that is, yes, turkeys actually can fly. I've seen it. But the wild ones, not the ones that we raise for Thanksgiving. The ones we raise for Thanksgiving don't fly anymore. We took that out of them a long time ago. But I've seen wild turkeys. They'll get a running start. They'll get their wings going. I've seen them get up into trees and sit up there in the branches. That's about the best they can do. Let's see. Chet and Yoder. Hi, Glenn. Have a great Turkey Day weekend. Uh, and been, I've been in Hope a week and a half. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Such a fun TV show, says my sister. She's in Lake Wells, Florida. Yeah, one of the best 
programs ever to air on television. And like I said, absolutely nails what radio was at that time. In fact, you know, the guy who plays Johnny Fever, I never remember actors' names. He was a radio broadcaster before he got into acting. So if you wonder, when he sits there in the studio pushing all the buttons and doing everything, like he knows what he, it looks like he knows what he's doing. Well, he did. 845, wake up, Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite app? Quicker than a soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. I'm Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. We're getting the nine o'clock hour. Back into open phones. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Oh, uh, Miss Mary and I will have tomorrow off. Of course, Friday off. We'll see you again Monday. Meantime, yeah, we do have some programs to replay for you here. Also, if you haven't caught up, which you can. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store, hit on demand. There's old shows there. And in the old shows, we get rid of news and a lot of the commercials and so on. So you can just get to the point, the meat of the program. So it's condensed, so it's not four hours long. Also, a lot of the funny bits that we do play, the ones that are created in-house, again, hit on demand and then select Wyoming Altered States. Miss Mary is releasing season two of Wyoming Altered States. So you can listen to that all you want and also play it for your friends and so on. So, okay, Frank Gambino out of town. He's in Chicago. And I had David Settle filling in for sports, but then he was called out of town to cover sports for UW. So he's already with the ladies' basketball team covering all of that right now. So in the meantime, what do I do? Well, one of the best, I mean, of all, all time. You know the guy's name for the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Now, wait a minute. I'm, not... I'm asking you who's on first. That's his name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. That's it. <laughs> That's his name. Well, you said that. I ain't asking nothing. You did. You know the guy's name on first base? Sure. Tell me the guy's name on first base. Who? <laughs> The guy playing first base. Who is on first, Lou? What are you asking me for? Don't get excited. I'm saying who... I'm asking you a simple question. Who's on first? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? (laughs) I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no. What's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Don't mix up my... I'm not mixing up anybody. Now, what's the guy's name on first base? Now, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking... Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. I mentioned his name. Yes. I don't know anybody's name on the team. I, how could I mention a guy's name? You did. You just mentioned it. All right. What's the guy's name on third base? No, what's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's on first. <laughs> I didn't even mention a guy's name on third base. Yes, you did. All right, then. Who's playing third base? No, who's on first? I'm not asking you what's on first. What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's third base. <laughs> Baseball team. You do. You mention their names. I do. Sure. You got an outfield? Well, naturally. The left fielder's name. Why? <laughs> I, I, I just thought I'd ask you. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Well, go ahead. Tell me. Tell you what? The left fielder's name. Why? Because I want to know. Because. Oh, 
Oh, he's Centerfield. You know these players as well. Who's in Centerfield? No, who's on first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> Do you know the guy's name's on the team? Look, Louis, uh, you don't seem to understand. See, I have a first baseman. You, I know you got a first baseman. That was one of the greatest comedy routines in the history of comedy routines. And I was talking with... I've, I've, had this conversation with people a lot over the years, but just recently having this conversation again. What is funny? Now, a lot of comedians today go for down and dirty. They go for raunchy, right? Now, are you laughing because it was funny? Or are you laughing because you can't believe they just said that? That's the difference between it's shocking and it's funny. Now, shock value wears off. That's why a lot of comedians who have shock value will hit the top for a while. Even radio personalities, television personalities that show up with a lot of shock value. They're on top for a while, but then they don't last too long. Eventually, they kind of fade away because the shock value wears off. And after they're done with the shock value, what do they have? Was it still funny? But what I just played for you there, who's on first... When did they first do that routine? I can go ahead and look that up to find out. When they first came out with that routine, long before any of us listening right now were born. And to this day, I can keep playing it for you, and it just never gets old. And there's people who howl with laughter. Like you heard that audience there. There's people that howl with laughter every time those guys do that routine. Now, there's nothing edgy about it. There's nothing dirty about it. It's not raunchy humor. They're not getting down. They're not going somewhere they're not supposed to go. They're just being legitimately funny. And that's the kind of funny that'll last a good long time, which is why I play that every once in a while when our sports guys leave us alone. I'm here in the studio by myself during the sports break. I go ahead and play that. And people actually ask me, you're going to play that again. Of course, because it just never gets old, does it? All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. News time after that weather forecast. It is open phones, but one more thing I've got to play for you. Rush Limbaugh is no longer with us, but every single Thanksgiving, he would always tell us the true story of Thanksgiving. I have that ready to go. Play that for you in the 9 o'clock hour. Wake up, Wyoming. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Len Woods. Thanks for joining me day before Thanksgiving where everybody who's at work right now is pretending to work. Nobody's actually getting anything done. Just tossing that out there. Okay, so just so you know, tomorrow is a replay. Friday's a replay. Back live Monday. You can always use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Touch on demand. Listen to old shows. And uh, under on demand, you'll see Wyoming Altered State Season 2 is being released of all the funny bits we create right here in the house. So a couple of days off for us here at the stage. Right now, it's Miss Mary and I in the entire building 
And there's usually a lot of people in the building, but no. At least they're not showing up for work because they would be faking it if they did. Because this is the day that nobody actually gets any work done. All right, now, I have a book that was sent. There's several books out there like this, but one, it, this is a nice-looking book. Big, big, almost coffee table size book. Thick, too. Lots of pictures, lots of pages. And it's about the life of Rush Limbaugh. Now, to give you a little bit of a, a history as to why I want to play this, it's not just that it's Thanksgiving. Whether you like the guy or not, he changed radio. See, AM radio was suffering because AM radio used to be it. Then FM came along, and FM sounds so much better than AM. So everybody switched over to FM radio to listen to music. What about all those AM radio signals out there? That's a lot of radio stations in trouble. So... Somebody came up with the idea of talk radio. And there's many different kinds of talk. There's political talk, there's entertainment talk, there's sports talk. Depending on where you are, some, some of the big markets, major markets, have many different styles of talk radio. But when talk radio first came out, it was difficult. People were trying to figure out what to do. And there's something called the fairness doctrine. So if anybody, whether the host or the guest, expressed an opinion, then by law, you had to have somebody on from another point of view. That was the fairness doctrine. But then, and, and well, at that time, you'd listen to Larry King, who interviewed people. Right? That was talk radio at the time. It was very difficult for them to find what to fill. They had some really boring shows on talk radio, some interesting shows, but a lot of really boring shows. But it was all talk all the time. And it was doing a bit of good to save AM radio. Because with talk going on, it doesn't matter about the quality so much as it does with music radio, right? And then they dropped the fairness doctrine. And I listened to hosts struggle as to how do you do this on air? What, what, do you, what do you say? What do you talk about? And I would listen to hosts going through the newspaper, talking about what they read in the newspaper, and then asking people to call in and talk about what he had just read in the newspaper. Uh, your show. Call in. It's your show, you know. It's, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Or I'll talk about something because it's your show, you know. They didn't know what to do. Then came the era of the shock jock. Yelling and screaming and hanging up on people. And that gave a bit of a kick to talk radio for a time. But much like with comedy, shocking wears off. At first, people tuned in because I can't believe he's saying that. But then that faded away. It gets old. It gets annoying after a while. What do you do with this format? It's a great idea for a format, but what do you do with this? Then came Rush Limbaugh. And when he burst onto the scene, first off, he was in Sacramento, California, and his ratings were just insanely high. There's a whole story about how someone discovered him, basically, and brought him on and got him syndicated and got him on radio stations. That's a whole thing. I could spend the rest of the morning talking about that, but he brought entertainment and his opinion and basically showed the rest of us, and this is how this is done. If you want it, here's how you know you have a radio show. When people go to the radio because you're on and they, they got to hear what you're going to do next. They got to hear what you're going to say next. And that's why people listen to Rush, because he showed us in the talk radio industry, and this is how you do this.
he set records for a number of affiliate stations that far, not just a little high, insanely high. And the number of listeners that he had, love him or hate him, nobody before or since has achieved what he did in radio. He defined, he redefined talk radio and saved AM radio from extinction at the time. These days, talk radio is not just on AM, but also FM. Those people in Casper can listen to this program on AM and FM radio, for example. But also you can listen off of your app and listen to it as a podcast later on. So a lot has changed. So I have this book about Rush Limbaugh, big fat book about his life, which I have to pour through because one of the most influential people in, in American culture, again, love him or hate him, there he was. And here's a great example as to why he was so good. Every year, Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, he would talk about actually what happened on Thanksgiving, what the pilgrims were all about, why the Indians were there on that day. The difference between what you learned in school and what really happened. And he got this information from taking a look at the journal written by the gentleman who was in charge of the whole little village that the pilgrims had. Let's go back in time. Rush Limbaugh. Time for the traditional true story of Thanksgiving, written by me in my second bestseller, two and a half million copies in hardback. See, I told you so. Chapter 6, Dead White Guys, or What the History Books Never Told You. The true story of Thanksgiving. The story of the pilgrims begins in the early part of the 17th century. The Church of England under King James I was persecuting anyone and everyone who did not recognize its absolute civil and spiritual authority. Those who challenged ecclesiastical authority and those who believed strongly in freedom of worship were hunted down, imprisoned, and sometimes executed for their beliefs. A group of separatists first fled to Holland and established a community. After 11 years, about 40 of them agreed to make a perilous journey to the New World, where they would certainly face hardships but could live and worship God according to the dictates of their own consciences. On August 1st, 1620, the Mayflower set sail. It carried a total of 102 passengers, including 40 pilgrims led by William Bradford. On the journey, Bradford set up an agreement, a contract, that established just and equal laws for all members of the new community, irrespective of their religious beliefs. Where did the revolutionary ideas expressed in the Mayflower Compact come from? They came from the Bible. The pilgrims were a people completely steeped in the lessons of the Old and New Testaments. They looked to the ancient Israelites for their example. And because of the biblical precedent set forth in Scripture, they never doubted that their experiment would work. But it was no pleasure cruise. The journey to the New World was a long and arduous one. And when the pilgrims landed in New England in November, they found, according to Bradford's detailed journal, a cold, barren, desolate wilderness. There were no friends to greet them, he wrote. There were no houses to shelter them. There were no inns where they could refresh themselves, and the sacrifice that they had made for freedom was just beginning. During the first winter, half the pilgrims, including Bradford's own wife, died 
the leader starvation, sickness, or exposure. When spring finally came, Indians taught the settlers how to plant corn, fish for cod, and skin beavers for coats. Life improved for the pilgrims, but they did not yet prosper. And this is important to understand because this is where modern American history lessons often end. Thanksgiving is actually explained in some textbooks as a holiday for which the pilgrims gave thanks to the Indians for saving their lives, rather than as a devout expression of gratitude grounded in the tradition of both the Old and New Testaments. Here's the part that's been omitted. The original contract the pilgrims had entered into with their merchant sponsors in London called for everything they produced to go into a common store. And each member of the community was entitled to one common share. All of the land that they cleared and the houses they built belonged to the community as well. And they were going to distribute it equally. All the land they cleared, the houses they built, belonged to the community. Nobody owned anything. They just had a share in it. It was a commune. It was the forerunner to the communes we saw in the 60s and 70s out in California. And it was a com complete with organic vegetables even, just like the communes of today are. Con no, there's no question it was organic vegetables. Bradford, who had become the new governor of the colony, recognized that this form of collectivism was as costly and destructive to the pilgrims as that first harsh winter, which had taken so many lives. He decided to take bold action. Bradford assigned a plot of land to each family to work and manage, thus turning loose the power of the marketplace. Long before Karl Marx was even born, the pilgrims had discovered and experimented with what could only be described as socialism. And what happened? It didn't work. They nearly starved. It never has worked. What Bradford and his community found was that the most creative and industrious people had no incentive to work any harder than anybody else unless they could utilize the power of personal motivation. But while most of the rest of the world has been experimenting with socialism for well over a hundred years, trying to refine it, perfect it, and reinvent it, the pilgrims decided early on to scrap it permanently. What Bradford wrote about this social experiment should be in every school child's history lesson, if it were we might prevent such needless suffering in the future, such as that we are enduring now. The experience that we had in this common course and condition, this is Bradford, the experience we had in this common course and condition tired or tried Sunday years, that by taking away property and bringing community into a commonwealth would make them happy and flourishing as if they were wiser than God, Bradford wrote. For this community, so far as it was, was found to breed much confusion and discontent and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort. For young men that were most able and fit for labor and service did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without being paid for it. That was thought injustice. Why should you work for other people when you can't work for yourself? What's the point? That's what he was saying. The pilgrims found that people could not be expected to do their best work without incentive. So what did Bradford's community try next? They unharnished the power of good, old, free enterprise by invoking the undergirding capitalistic principle of private property. 
Every family was assigned its own plot of land to work and permitted to market its own crops and products. What was the result? Bradford wrote, This had very good success, for it made all hands industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been. Is it possible that supply-side economics could have existed before the 1980s? Yes. Read the story of Joseph and Pharaoh in Genesis 41. Following Joseph's suggestion, Pharaoh reduced the tax on Egyptians to 20% during the seven years of plenty, and the earth brought forth in heaps. Well, in no time, the pilgrims found that they had more food than they could eat themselves. Now, this, this is where it gets really good. If you're laboring under the misconception that I was, as I was taught in school, they set up trading posts. They exchanged goods with the Indians. The profits allowed them to pay off their debts to the merchants in London. And the success and the prosperity of the Plymouth settlement attracted more Europeans and began what came to be known as the Great Puritan Migration. But this story stops when the Indians taught the newly arrived suffering and socialism pilgrims how to plant corn and fish for cod. That's where the original Thanksgiving story stops. Story basically doesn't even begin there. The real story of Thanksgiving is William Bradford giving thanks to God for the guidance and the inspiration to set up a thriving colony that socialism caused near starvation. The bounty was shared with the Indians. They did sit down. They did have free-range turkey and organic vegetables. But it wasn't the Indians who saved the day. It was capitalism and scripture which saved the day. As acknowledged by George Washington in his first Thanksgiving proclamation in 17. 81. Wake up, Wyoming. Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty-seven. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I got one of those things on Facebook that hey, this is the anniversary of when my book, The Uncomplicated Life, came out, and somebody asked me, so how's that working for you there, the old Uncomplicated Life thing? And I answered, real simple. Actually, very good. First thing I realized, all I had to do was just make the way I do things in daily life much simpler. There, there's a lot less hassle in my life by simplifying everything that I do. And I gave guidance for that in the book as to how I figured it out. Well, it works for me anyway. But then also, I got rid of all the toxic people in my life, too. Just realize the best thing to do is just get rid just just don't bother with them anymore. Because they, they never resolve anything. All they want to do is fight about the next thing. There's no resolution to anything. So I just got rid of all sorts of toxic people. And, hey, my life is really good. Get a load of this. I was looking at different news stories, which all of the news stories are just toxic this and toxic that. Let's go to India, Argentina, and Brazil soccer fans beat each other with sticks in a cemetery. Yeah, they met to battle it out. Oh, God. I Really? This is what... I guess they need the drama. Morning, Micah. Good morning. 
Well, I guess this is why psychiatrists have a, a never-ending job. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world is crazy. Yeah. So yesterday, we go over to Walmart to pick up um, a product in the electronics department. Right. And, you know, research things on the web before we went over there. Uh-huh. Sure, they had it. It's in stock. So we go over there, and the cashier says, or the customer service lady says that, yes, they are in stock. They've got a whole bunch of them in the back, but they can't sell them because they're there for Black Friday. Oh. I was like, but <laughs> we're here to buy it. <laughs> now. And we've got the money now. We now. We need the Black Friday oh, sale. God. I tell you what, I got like 10 seconds and the news is going to cut us off. I'm going to talk yeah. about that right after the break, okay? This is perfect. Okay. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Wake up, Wyoming. You do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Thirty-six at time to wake up Wyoming. Okay, so Miss Mary confessed. She kept Micah on the phone. Kind of late, got it in the last uh, couple of seconds. So Micah was going shopping, and she shows up to buy something specific that they're going to have. But she's told by the lady there at the store, sorry, we have that for a Black Friday. Can't give it to you. Now, a lot of times, look, I went to Micah years, many, 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 many years ago. I had gone to a movie this is in florida and by florida standards it was cold it was raining it was wet it was miserable and the movie theater opened at 11 o'clock we're going i'm going to a weekend matinee and i look through the window and i see the manager and the staff just sitting there waiting because the movie theater opens at 11 and it's not 11 yet and we're all standing outside the customers and it's raining and it's cold and we're out there in the elements well, it's 10.58. It's not 11 yet. You don't let people in. It's, okay, I've managed retail stores. I've had people knocking on my window. Please, would you open up? Would you? And I would. What's the point? What's the purpose of a retail store? To sell stuff. But I'm closed. So I'll open for them because it's another sale. Because I want my company to be as, oh, Micah's back, to be as successful as possible. So, Micah, I have had many times, many cases, where I've gone to stores, and somebody's told me that something was on sale, but it won't be on sale tomorrow. So I better go ahead and get it now. And my answer to them was, well, if you declared it on sale yesterday, it can be on sale tomorrow, too, if you want my business. (laughs) Well... To finish off my story, follow this logic, okay? Now, remember, this is Walmart, okay, which should cater to everybody, (laughs) all incomes, right? Right. Okay, so I get back home, and I'm thinking about it, and I thought, you know, maybe it was just that employee. Maybe she really didn't know what she was talking about. So I called back, get another customer service person, told her what I wanted, told her the experience, and she goes, oh, no, that's right. Unless, well, are you, what was it, a premier, a premier customer? 
Oh. And I said, no. And actually, that lady asked me that, too. I was like, so what is this Walmart premier customer thing? Yeah. And she said, well, if you're a premier customer, then you can also go ahead and order it online. And then with Black Friday, the people who have already pre-ordered, they get it first. And, you know, then if there's anything left over... So and I was like, okay, what if I go online and I order it, and I'm not a premier person? Yeah. She said, well, then if there's anything left over, then you get it. And I was like, okay, but I still am confused as to why, if I have the money right then and there, yeah. and you all said that it's in stock, why couldn't I just go ahead and pay the higher price? Because yeah. I don't care about the sale. And I was like, but now I'm curious, how much of a sale is it? Well, for that product, she estimated it would probably be about $100 off. I said, okay, fine. You know, if it's up worth $100 getting up and being there at 6 o'clock in the morning when the doors open. Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, and how much is it to, to be a premier customer? I suppose there's a cost for that. And she goes, well, yeah, it costs $100 a year. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so <you're> thinking. <laughs> God. I mean, do they not teach math anymore? Uh, no, they <laughs> don't. Okay, let me give you one. That's something I love to pick on. When I see television commercials all the time. So, Micah, they tell you, we have this product, and you can order it now because supplies, you know, they're always limited with the supplies. But right, order it yeah. now, right. And if you order now, you buy one. And this is a $50 value, Micah. Order one yeah. now, and we'll give you a second one free. So how much was the value? <laughs> Isn't that a $25 value? And if you order now, not only do we give you this one, but then we'll also give you this, this, and this as a thank you. Oh, okay, so it's a $15 value plus free shipping. So the thing is worth 10 bucks. Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> well, you know, it, I just found it really silly because... Number one, there was false advertising. Yes. Number two, the reputation that Walmart has, you know, first come, first serve kind of thing. Right. And I thought, oh, but now we're going to give to those who have the extra hundred to become a premier customer. (laughs) They're going to get all the goodies first, and then everybody else is going to get all the crumbs. See, I I think Walmart's Walmart's making a... Maybe this deserves a letter to upper management. Walmart's making a huge mistake. Here's what attracted me to Walmart. Remember, even Kmart and other stores always had their sales. Walmart just said, look, everything is a low price all the time. Forget sales. It's a low price. That's why I would go there. Yeah. So if they're going to start pulling gimmicks, then I'm going to start looking elsewhere because I don't like gimmicks. Just give me a good price. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really hokey. But anyway. Right. Hey, have a great um, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm glad that you played the Rush Limbaugh thing. I hope yeah. that's on tomorrow. Too. You know, I, I think, I don't know what other programs will do. This will be a repeat. But I think besides the WKRP bit, I have to play that Rush Limbaugh thing every year, too. Yeah. That's just got to yeah. be it's part really of it. It's really excellent. And all of his books. I mean, yeah. Christmas is coming around the corner, too, for yeah. people with kids and everything. His books were just fantastic. Right. Even as an adult, I read them all. all right. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Okay. Have a great weekend. Y'all take care. 942 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. The time to wake up, Wyoming. Okay, I'm t- telling you earlier this morning, all morning long, I've been telling you, 
And I've been left alone by our sports crew. They're both out on various assignments and so on. That's okay. I pulled up stuff for you. And I'm going to add to this list. So every time they're gone, I have more stuff to play for you. Because what do I know about sports? And sometimes I just make up sports. Which I make up teams, rules, scores, whatever. Just if they're going to leave me alone, I'm going to do what I want during the segment, right? Okay, that's fine by me. Oh, hey, while I'm gone, tomorrow, Miss Mary and I are out Friday. Miss Mary and I are out. We'll see you again Monday. So you do have the Wake Up Wyoming app. So use touch on demand on the toolbar. Old shows are there. And we take out the commercials, most of them, all of the news and weather. So you can just get to the meat of the show, which condenses it from a four-hour show to much, much smaller than that. Also, if you touch on demand, you'll see Altered States. Wyoming Altered States is all of the weird comedy bits we create in-house here. And Miss Mary is releasing season two now, so you can go ahead and catch up with Wyoming Altered States. Play that for your family during Thanksgiving. Okay, so to fill in the sports break, since I don't have sports guys. Still here? Well, all right then. The study of bodily tissue as it changes over time from infectious disease is called histopathology. The color orange is named after the fruit, not the other way around. It was 28 degrees Fahrenheit in Springfield, Missouri at 5.55 a.m. on Tuesday, February 1st, 2011. The two best-selling authors of all time are William Shakespeare and Agatha Christie, with sales for each estimated between two and four billion books. The inventor of the fire hydrant is unknown because the device's original patent was destroyed in a fire. Tomatoes are the official state vegetable of New Jersey, and tomato juice is the official state beverage of Ohio. Actor Kiefer Sutherland's full name is Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey George Rufus Sutherland. Actor Richard Gere's middle name is Tiffany. Before the invention of alarm clocks, there was a profession in which you would knock on windows with a long stick to wake people up. These people were called knocker-uppers, and the people who woke them up were called knocker-upper, knocker uppers. The S in C.S. Lewis stands for staple. The S in Ulysses S. Grant doesn't stand for anything. Cuba and North Korea are the only countries on the planet in which Coca-Cola is not officially sold. The words aspirin, cellophane, escalator, flip phone, laundromat, linoleum, and trampoline were all originally trademarked but have since become generic terms. Rabbits cannot vomit. April 11, 1954 has been declared by some historians the most boring and uneventful day of the 20th century. As of April 11th, 2021, the studio that I work in has six active leaks, smells like sewage, and my landlord still doesn't care. I don't care either. So this is a guy who's just got a bunch of useless facts, and obviously you can tell, right? What you do, I'll play another round of this, memorize some of these. So when you're at the Thanksgiving dinner table, if there's this long, awkward pause in the conversation, you can throw just one of these gems out there. The current world record for longest duration juggling three objects 
is 12 hours and 5 minutes, set by David Slick at North Richland Hills Public Library in Texas on July 22, 2009. I'm working on it. The head of IG-88, the droid bounty hunter from The Empire Strikes Back, was made from a Rolls-Royce Neen Jet Aero Engine Combustion Chamber. Charlie Chaplin and Dolly Parton both entered look-alike competitions of themselves and lost. Metallica is the only band to have performed on all seven continents, which they did within the span of a single year. Jellied moose nose is a delicacy in parts of North America. One of the ingredients of dynamite is peanuts. Honey does not spoil. 40 is the only number with its letters in alphabetical order. 1 is the only number with its letters in reverse alphabetical order. Every number shares a letter with its predecessor, and Edgar Allan Poe was paid $9 for the raven. The sixth word in the sixth chapter of the sixth Harry Potter book is... Of... The first on-screen appearance of the character Hannibal Lecter was in Michael Mann's 1986 film Manhunter. Lecter was spelled L-E-C-K-T-O-R for some reason. From 1977 to 2011, the flag of Libya was just solid green. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas was not directed by Tim Burton. It was directed by Henry Selick. Thank you, YouTube commenters. He would go on to direct James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. Dactylography is the study of fingerprints. The least common birthday after February 29th is December 25th. There you go. See, just silence at the table and not necessarily because of eating turkey. Just toss one of those out. I'm sure people will think that you're just brilliant. All right, rolling up on some local business we have to take care of. News time after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Have yourselves a great Thanksgiving. Careful if you're traveling. Do it again on Monday Live.